0: Welcome to 90's Lessons from the Frontline podcast. If you're not familiar with 90, we specialize in insurance innovation, that is taking new insurance ideas to market in 60 days and building best practice innovation capabilities for insurers in 12 months. Um, the industry recently voted as consultancy of the year for the second time in a row, which we're, we're really proud of. And in our work, we get to work with insurers like Allianz, AXA, Travellers, Aetna and Swiss Re across the US, UK and Europe. And as you'll know, if you've been listening to some of the past episodes here, um, what we're doing in this podcast series is to let you hear from some of our insurance innovation consultants and to ask them to share some experience and some thoughts of um, the frontline of insurance innovation projects at 90. So welcome. I'm Dan Webster. I'm an innovation consultant at 90 and I'm joined here by my colleague, Hugo. Welcome, Hugo. Good morning. How are you? I'm well thanks how are you?
1: Very good thank you.
0: Good stuff thank you for joining me Hugo. Um, Before we get into talking about some of the content today uh, would you mind just giving a bit of an introduction to yourself your background and your work at 90?
1: Certainly I'm Hugo Pickford-Wardle I am the client partner for Europe at 90. I look after all of our European headquartered insurance clients around the globe. My background has been Uh, Two decades of working with large corporate multinational companies, helping them solve their innovation challenges, creating uh, new products, taking them to market, as well as actually helping those organisations reduce costs and improve customer experiences through more internal faced innovations as well.
0: Brilliant and I think you're absolutely the right person to be talking about this particular topic that we're going to be looking at today uh, due to your your experience in different industries before insurance because that topic as a working title is um, customer testing in insurance is hard, right? So what we're going to be talking about so probably a sensible jumping off point um, would just be why? Why is that? Why is customer testing, customer contacts, um, assumptions, and validation of them difficult and different in insurance? The customer testing
1: in insurance is hard. I think that's the first thing that we should recognise. Yeah, there are a lot of people working with customer agendas in insurance, where they're probably kind of questioning why it's so hard, and. If I compare insurance to the other industry, the many other industries that I've worked in, it is really, really complicated. Both internally in the organization, but also the customer ecosystem that we're leaning into to make any idea come to life is a lot more complex than other organizations have to face into. And a lot of the thinking around customer experience and the customer agenda has come from those organizations that are really actually facing into the customers. So often, particularly like when we're looking at reinsurance or we're looking at the primary carriers, they're actually further back in the value chain from the end underwritten uh, party. And so the actual closeness to the customer from their position together with actually defining who their customer actually is. You know, if you're a reinsurer, is your customer the primary carrier? Or is it the person who's actually going to be taking out the policy at some point at the end of the day? And you think about the reinsurer, maybe working with a primary carrier, maybe working with an MTA, maybe working with a broker, perhaps there is some sort of uh, platform that they're actually selling on, so it's kind of disintermediated. And let's say it's a health policy where, Actually it's a company buying it for a person who works there, who also has a family that's covered, right suddenly you've got all of these parties involved, and that policy may have a lot of value to um, a person who wants their family covered. but actually, if you're the primary carrier, if you're the reinsurer, then you've also got to work out well, you know where where is uh, the, the biggest opportunity for us to identify uh, the customer that we're actually trying to sell into. And that's just looking outside of your own organisation. On top of that, we have the, the issue that the deals that you do as an insurer are huge, which means that there are lots of people in your organisation whose job it is to protect the relationships that you have with the other parties in that ecosystem. So there is a cast of thousands involved in trying to go and talk to any customers, even after you've identified which ones you're actually trying to go after.
0: Absolutely. And I'm, I know that we're, we're both familiar with the situation where you can be in a, an, an ideation workshop or one of the other workshops we run. And we're talking about an idea that might seem quite neat and tidy initially just as a, a product or service. But then once we start plotting out that um, proposition on something like the insurance model canvas, when we start thinking about the partners and resources that would be involved to bring that to life, the complexity just gets pretty huge, which as you've mentioned, with the amount of different parties that would need to be involved in order to bring something to life um, is, is hugely complicated. And adding on that addition of if you're wanting to do customer testing of any sense, just the practicalities of having to go through so many gatekeepers in order to even access the customer sometimes as well is a huge problem. You're actually, you're
1: right in classic customer testing land, Jakob Nielsen uh, really made great strides with the uh, customer testing community when he started to propose that you know you don't need to interview huge numbers of customers, you can get five to eight customers in a room and get 80% of the findings, This kind of like what's the minimum number of people that we need to speak to to be able to get the insight to drive a project forward. That was super exciting it made it so much easier to kind of engage customers new you knew right if i've got eight people i'm sorted but we've got this fractal issue in insurance i started to kind of think of insurance as a really fractal industry where every time we look at any particular point where in other industries it would be quite simple it just kind of suddenly expands out into this never-ending uh kind of vision of depth and that's exactly what happens, as you say, when we kind of have these projects where as we start to look at who needs to be involved, just expands into this huge cast. It's why we created things like the underwriting canvas to really be able to atomize what we needed to go and investigate and who we needed to be having involved in each conversation is how we can speed up the innovation process through our insurance clients and, and they kind of try and get those ideas to market in 60 days. But the, the customer part, to go and speak to one customer often requires five to eight gatekeepers. So forget talking to five to eight customers and that being your job done. You know, you're talking about instead for one customer, you might have five to eight people internally. Sometimes that can skyrocket. We have clients where that number can go into double digits where the first number doesn't even begin with a one. And, you know, it makes a lot of sense because... If you're talking about wanting to do something in a commercial insurance space with a tier one client that's global, you start to add up the number of markets that client operates in. You start to add up the number of account managers, the number of underwriters, the number of global client managers. It starts to become a very large cast. And then you realize that actually we need to go and be able to, take these ideas and take them to the whole market not just one and so you know maybe you've got those eight people for one customer and then you realize that well actually that customer i need eight of them so suddenly you've got 60 people but the problem is that 64 people that let's say they are the um primary carrier key contact right they're not the brokers so if you want to go and speak to the brokers as well you need another 64 people and then if you want to actually go and talk to the corporate client, let's say, then guess what, it's another 64 people. Only actually at each of those stages, it also snowballs, right? Because you get closer to the customer, more and more people have their gatekeepers they wanna bring along the journey. So by the time you get to talking to actual customers, it's not just that kind of eight people that you need to talk to um, for each customer. It's gonna you know, be the 30 people or the 50 people. And suddenly you have a real challenge in logistically being able to talk to customers across the value chain as an insurer or a reinsurer.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So bearing in mind all that complexity, and then as you mentioned, combining that with the bureaucracy that naturally comes with working within a large corporation, pretty much works out to be a perfect storm against um, lead methodologies. So what you've said just, resonates quite heavily. I was in a a customer interview last week, Hugo, where um, the conversation was between myself and the end insured in this case, but also in the room, um, there was a lot of people that were necessary to be there in order for that conversation to be allowed to happen. So we had myself, the end insured, as well as their risk advisors within their organization. Also in the room, we had the client partner from the insurer, account manager from the reinsurer, and an underwriter there as well. So Initially, having a the problem there of having to coordinate getting a time where all these people could meet. And then additionally, it kind of takes away some of the honesty that you usually um, require and hope to get into in a customer interview by having so many different parties representing different interests involved in the same room. So, yeah, this, this mixture of complexity and bureaucracy is quite a, a unique one to insurance. And the thing is that this is why I think it's
1: important for innovators in insurance, particularly, to really lean into the reality. Because there's a reason all of those people are in the room. Mm. You know, Spotify, if you do a customer interview, that customer is paying, you know, maybe $9.99 a month. Maybe they're on the free plan. So their individual value may be quite small. Mm. If you are talking to the person who buys their insurance for a global uh, multinational company, the value of that customer is enormous and therefore there are a lot of people who do have a job to ensure that nothing is said that's going to damage the potential of that relationship right that's the reality mm. and i think that the first step you know we talk about the one two three of customer uh, testing as part of the one two three framework you know, number one go and actually map out the value chain for the proposition you're developing identifying all of the entities the businesses the organizations that are involved in that value chain and then map out all of the different people involved in those organizations to actually uncover the level of complexity that you're dealing with number two work out who has leverage often we're proposing a customer-centric approach but we have to realize that for the idea to actually go to market and reach the scale that it needs to, the, the actual end insured does not have the buying power. So, whilst we might create, for example, a, a health policy where you and I, as employees, would be delighted, we're not actually buying the policy, our company is, and it will be the HR organization in the company but actually they're probably going to a broker and it might be just that the broker has the leverage. And I think this is really quite different to some other industries is that identifying where that leverage is, is absolutely critical. It doesn't mean that you should lose focus of what the actual customer needs because that is your insight that can drive really powerful innovation. But when you're putting the puzzle together, you need to make sure that you recognize that there is a, opportunity for the um point of leverage in the ecosystem to make or break your innovation so you have to work out what's in it for them and make sure that that part of the puzzle is going to work as well i was just going to say and obviously the third part is to then go and talk to the customers and make sure that you have the lowest friction way of going and talking to your customers
0: Good. So we're talking about a process of first acknowledging that there's so many different areas and points of potential weakness or failure in a value chain that um, you'd need to consider when innovating. And then almost prioritizing the orders of which you should be going to address these in order to save you the largest amount of time and get that critical amount of um, validation. That's exactly it. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a really good point. I can think of quite a lot of times where using a methodology like this has um, really saved me a lot of time in projects. One that is um, resonating particularly strongly is a few years ago I was working on a project to um, develop an autonomous vehicles specific insurance for a, a motor insurer. Um, and we had a really great proposition that was built out and considered from all the different business areas that were involved and relevant to this motor insurer but once we started to map out the value chain we realized that one of the largest points of weakness and one of the parties that had the most leverage that we needed to consider was the aggregator that they were currently selling through so after going to talk to them we realized that this kind of policy couldn't be represented on their sites at all so all of the work that we had done in developing this was actually kind of not useful because we couldn't get it to our end insured anyway without a quite significant change in strategy.
1: Yeah, and it's often those constraints that um, we need to identify really early on um, as well, internal constraints, right? Because the ecosystem exists, but we could choose to change the direction of, of that policy being sold direct, but yeah. that's a very large strategy change. It has wide um, impacts across the business. And so often, that is something that is not um, going to be pursued by the business because it's not, not aligned to the wider strategy. Absolutely. goes back to the first point I was making. It's hard. We should recognise it's hard, right? There's no getting away from it. And actually, I think everyone can breathe a sigh of relief when they kind of recognise that it's hard. Uh, it's the first kind of step, recognition.
0: Mm. So another point that I wanted to... Um... Get yeah, you talking about Hugo was at ninety. When we think about customer interviewing and how to overcome the complexities of it and simplify it to a degree, we talk a lot about um, getting proxy customer invite uh, insight. Sorry, proxy customer insight from parties that represent the customer that you're wanting to acquire information from. Um, as just a, a way to get that critical amount of information in order to move forward. Um, I wonder if you could speak to, to that point somehow, just to explain how this, um, how this works and what do we mean when we're talking about proxies here? Absolutely.
1: So we recognize how hard it is to get first-hand customer insight. And yet we also, as insurers, have a wealth of internal information that we can refer to to get that proxy customer insight. Mm -hmm. Claims handlers who speak to customers over long periods of time. And anyone who is in a call center working for you, selling policies or talking to those customers has built up a really strong picture of what is going to work for those customers, what's frustrating those customers and what won't work for those customers. And it's no surprise to me that a lot of the innovation projects that we see the brightest and boldest ideas from have people from the call centers in the innovation project. Because they're talking to customers every day. The second is the customer uh, data and actually taking a data-led approach to innovation. This is actually quite natural for insurers, and I think it's almost a dangerous place as well as being a really clever place to go for your insights because it's very easy to not try and do the hard part of actually talking to customers and just look at the numbers but they can actually because we've got these scaled businesses tell us a lot about what um, our current business is doing obviously once we start looking at trying to break into new markets with new customer groups we don't have that internal uh, data in the same way but we often have people We've had careers in other parts of the value chain. So, looking around our colleagues to find out, you know, who has been a broker, who has been an underwriter in a reinsurer, who has been the actual customer who has had the policy. So, we try and identify each of those opportunities to use the customer uh, proxy data again to speed up the process. And as well, that's a great source of data to use whilst we're dealing with the logistics of then validating that with the actual customers that we're gonna go and speak to. I also actually think that insurers should be really looking at the use of panels, having an always on tap of customer insight, both to measure the changes in the um, customer attitudes towards both insurance products at a macro and micro level as well as being able to then go and validate ideas with representative customers that are not necessarily actually their customer base, but represent their customer base. More than most other industries, I think that customer panels are really useful
0: in insurance innovation. It's it's, it's a a really good and useful perspective, Hugo. And in this pretty short conversation, we've covered quite a lot from the fact that, well, the starting point of recognising that this is really hard and complicated in this particular industry that we work in, partly due to the long value chain that we're going to be working with each time. Um, but in some cases, uh, you mentioned how it could be useful to map out exactly who is involved in this value chain for a particular innovation from the start, identify the parties that have the most leverage on the success of an idea, uh, and go to them first for, for interviewing and for their, their work and engagement with you and then when that is difficult the use of proxies for customer insights can be helpful as well so there's a lot to think about here so as we come to the end of this podcast Hugo I'm wondering if you could just give a couple of um, top practical tips for someone who may be working in insurance innovation and be very familiar with facing these problems that we've described. Absolutely Dan I think that The three tips that I
1: would give would be number one, recognize that it's hard to go and speak to customers in an insurance organization. The second is to get really close to the client management organization so that you actually have the relationships and understanding of the people who own those customer relationships to be able to help you unlock the conversations. And third, look at where you can use uh, proxy data like customer panels and go outside of the organization to get the insights without always having to look at your own existing customer base.
0: Brilliant. So a nice summary with some top tips of how to take forward some of the learnings that we've been talking about here. This is really useful, Hugo, thank you thank you. So I think just to, to wrap up, all that's left to do is to um, yeah, thank, say thank you for, for joining me today talking about this topic. I'm sure that this one in particular is one that resonates pretty strongly with a lot of the people who've been listening to this podcast, so an important one to, to dig into. So thanks again, Hugo, for coming and sharing your thoughts on this. It was a pleasure, and I look forward to the next one. <laughs> Good stuff. So in the meantime, for more specialist insurance innovation content, tools, and events, uh, please visit 90.com where you'll find a load of that or get in touch with us at contact at 90.com. And thank you for joining us today. And we'll see you on the next episode.